You're listening to the Running Around Charlotte podcast, presented by the Novon Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events, with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Pinnacle Financial Partners. And here are your hosts for the Running Around Charlotte podcast, Tim Rhodes and DC Lucchese. We all know running is a great exercise, but let's be real. It feels different during every stage of our lives. Men also experience training differently from women. Any workout you do to be a better runner is not one size fits all. So our guest today on Running Around Charlotte addresses some of the nuances for women runners. Now, wait a minute, guys, you need to hear this too. If you're married to a runner or in a relationship with one, it's a good idea to be familiar with the aches and pains women face as they age or bear children children or face hormonal challenges that come with all of the above. And we have just the person to fill you in. Her name is Carrie McLaughlin. She's a physical therapist and runner who specializes in strengthening the pelvic muscles that life can really knock out of whack, especially in women. Carrie, how are you doing? That's a long intro. I think that's the record long intro for us. How are you doing today? <laughs> well, I could talk all day about those pelvic floor. So that, that works perfect. I'm doing well. <laughs> how right. are you guys? At, I'm doing fine. I just want to make sure the audience knows we're going to keep this G rated, right? Yes, we are. <laughs> yep. Everyone has a pelvic okay. floor though. So men, men better chime in too. Yep. Okay. Here we go. There you go. So before we get started, we, and by the way, DC, Luke Casey, how you doing this morning? Along for the ride? I'm well, I'm well. I'm looking forward to learning something new today. Yes, we'll all learn something new. But before we get started, we'd like to talk about your running life. And we understand you are a former Clemson swimmer. And most swimmers we know aren't land mammals when it comes to running. How'd you get started as a runner? Um, yeah, that is a true statement. Yeah, if you put a swimmer <laughs> on, la on land, you are like, oh my, um, coordination. Um, but I actually, I grew up playing, you know, I'm the baby of four. So my parents just put us in all the parks and rec sports. Um, so I grew up playing most sports and then I swam and played tennis all the way until my senior year in high school when I signed with Clemson. Um, so I'd say I had a little hand-eye coordination. Um, and then with swimming, uh, you know, once you are in a collegiate sport, it's mainly you specialize all day, every day in, in that sport. But uh, we did a lot of cross training and dry land. And I always on the off season tried to run and play tennis um, in the summers. Uh, and then I once I graduated, so 2012, I graduated from Clemson and I went um, to Duke for GPT school. And after growing up, you know, swimming, lifting weights for five hours a day, and then it all stopping, it was like, oh, no, what do I do with all this time? Um, so fortunately <laughs> enough, I was in good physical condition. Um, and so that's kind of when I picked up running, I had moved back to Chapel Hill. And I loved running like the streets of UNC campus. And that's when it all began. My first marathon, and though. Holy cow. I, yeah. Go like, for it. Holy cow. That's a lot packed into. And then it's 2000, 2012. So, yes. <laughs> so, so, but, but then after, after you got back, uh, you know, you, obviously there's a, there's a, a lack of water in a lot of places, including Charlotte, yeah. which you know, certainly mm -hmm. availed you to, you know, plenty of asphalt here. So 
you know, at that <laughs> point you said, I got to sign up for something because, you know, as a competitive swimmer, I'm sure you were like, I got to tow the line somewhere. Where did that happen? Right. Um, I was, the first race I signed up for was in, I did my first marathon in 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, swimming is not something that you just want to go in and do alone. And so that's why running was great. Cause you can do it. You can make friends. It's more of like a social community. Um, and so, so my grad school friends, we signed up for the rock and roll marathon in, uh, DC. So that was my first one. And then from there, just running was just more of a, like a passion and a stress relief and just a way to build community and rapport um, with a lot of my patients and my colleagues. And I'm sure you were probably thinking, I'm not just going to finish this. You were probably trying to do well. So, you know, I'm going to ask you, I'm sure you were trying to put the beat down on your grad school friends, right? Um, The funny thing is, is (laughs) we all signed up for the marathon and then, you know, a month before it, the three girls we were going with, I was going with backed down to the half. So I was stuck doing the marathon alone, but <laughs> it was good. <laughs> good for you. So, yeah. So how, how, how did you do at the rock and roll marathon? Was that a, a fun experience? And did you, did you have a goal? Did you achieve your goal? Uh, the funny thing is, is, you know, I didn't have any type of high technology watch or app in my phone or I went out and the way I trained was like, um, you know, I'm going to go out and run this Saturday and run for 45 minutes. And then the next Saturday I was like, I'm going to run for an hour. Um, and the way I trained was not, not how you should, um, And that's how all, you know, they say doctors are their own worst patients. And I mean, I can attest that personally. Um, And the way I trained was just to make sure I could, you know, run for about three, three and a half hours without stopping. Um, So I did, I did well. Um, But then my second marathon, I actually trained and I was like, this is how it should be done. Um, so all you runners out there, there is, there is reason for, you know, getting a training coach and following a marathon or a running plan, couch to 5k, whatever it may be. Um, not just from a personal experience standpoint, but also from a medical standpoint, you've got to be smart about your training. There you go. <laughs> Fair uh, point. And, and yes. I have a a cousin of mine that I uh, connected with last year at a wedding and we went out running and um, his, his definition of going for a run is running as fast as he could for six miles. And I said, now we're not going to do that. We're just going to, you know, we're going to run at an easy pace. And, you know, if we're at 60% or 70% in that range of our heart rate max, and he didn't really understand what that was, but it, you know, the concept is, you know, kind of less is more. You're not supposed to bust it every time you go for a run. I think, and and I think a lot of people don't enjoy running because it's such a hard workout if they make it that hard. But you know, there is a sweet spot where you can go out and run. You can elevate your your heart rate and um, and get get a good cardio workout in for 
30 or more minutes and it's more beneficial than, you know, maxing out your heart rate and feeling like you're sucking wind the whole way. So anyway, not, not too much farther down that rabbit trail, but it, it's just, you're correct. There, there is a good way to train for events and there's, there's a not so good way. And your experience may depend on which path you choose on that one. Right. Yes, definitely. So not, it's not just running. You've got to have, you know, the cross training, the rest days, the nutrition, the sleep. So it's, it's a holistic approach yeah. when you commit to training for something. So let's dig into that for a little bit. Um, you, you talked about the cross training and, you know, the, the, I, I think there's people don't understand the importance of core strength and what that means to their, uh, their training effort. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, you'll just have to cut me off. Um, I could talk all day. <laughs> all right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we all think of the core and we think of, you know, crunches and abs and planks, but it's a system. Um, and the, mm-hmm. the most important part is your breath. And we are all chest breathers. Um, you know, if we look at babies and we watch them breathe, they all breathe from their belly. Um, so the core, it's, it's the foundation of our posture, of our movement. And until we learn how to breathe correctly, we will never learn how to truly activate our core. Um, so, you know, Melissa and I were talking, it's, when did I learn about, you know, how important the core was? And I would say, you know, even during 20 plus years of exercise, I had no idea what I was doing firing until, you know, I worked with some pregnant and postpartum women who weren't able to, you know, use their core. They had a growing baby or they had just had a baby. So their core was as it should be weak. Um, so from there, that's when you kind of can really see how, um, the core, it's a system of your diaphragm, your transverse abdominis, which is your deep core, your pelvic floor, which is that secret link we're going to talk about, and then the glutes and the multifidi in the back. So when you think core from now on, you got to think of it as a system and not just your, your yeah, ab yeah. muscles. Because it is all connected, and I'm totally down with that as a concept. Uh, so how does one make, in your space, how do you make the connection between, aha, these are all a thing, and how do you specialize in the, the training of those pelvic muscles? So that's, it's hard. It's hard to learn from a video, you know, and that's what, <laughs> <laughs> bad, you yeah. know, right. And that's why, you know. For me, I'm a, I'm a sports orthopedic uh, PT, but I've really specialized in women's health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the value of in-person and hands-on touch and cueing to, to learn that body awareness is so crucial. Um, you can start with learning like just diaphragm breath retraining. You think of it as like a piston breath. Um, as we inhale. So if you're sitting here listening to this podcast, Mm -hmm. you know, just, just see how you're naturally breathing. 
And we all kind of just have adopted this chest breathing mechanic, which is when we breathe through, you know, our upper, upper ribs. And that's why Mm -hmm. so many people have head and neck pain. But if you put your hand on your belly and you put your hand on your chest, I'm and doing you, this now, by the way. Yes, do this now. And if you're seated, this is good because it'll allow you to kind of feel your pelvic floor too. So if you have a hand on your belly and a hand on your chest, inhale through your nose and bring air into your belly. As you exhale, your belly should fall. Okay, I'm with you. So that's how your uh, diaphragm breath should work. Now, when we think of it from a, a stability standpoint, we call it like a piston breath. So as you exhale, you should feel how your belly draws towards your spine. You're not sucking in, but it's like a corset brace. And as you exhale, you can also think about your pelvic floor. So this might be the first time you've ever thought about your pelvic floor. So as Admittedly, you ex- yes. <laughs> Okay, so for so for you men for you men out there, this analogy will work great. If you think of your pelvic floor, it runs kind of from your pubic bone in your front to your tailbone in the back, and then out to the sides where your hips are. So if you think about like a baseball diamond, right? Think about as you exhale, you pull all those areas into the pitcher's mound, and as you exhale, you keep drawing it up and in. So you're lifting and creating that support and stability from the bottom up. So if this is recorded, you can just rewind <laughs> and <Exactly. laughs> just do that again. Set a timer for five minutes and think of as you inhale, everything relaxes. And as you exhale, you should feel your pelvic floor lift up and your abdominal wall draw in like a corset. So that's an abbreviated version. Right. So. But Zay, there's probably a lot more to it than that. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But give it a try. Okay. <laughs> well, then let me ask you this then. Uh, yeah. The, the burning question that everyone wants to know, how and why is that important to, to our running? It is your foundation. It's your stabilizer. Um, you know, the pelvic floor I call the secret link to a strong core. Um, So it is a system. So if you think of a soda, a soda can, you know, hopefully none of us are drinking sodas because that's a pelvic floor irritant, by the way. Um, So, and the soda, the the top is your diaphragm. The bottom is your pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. The front is your transverse abdominis, which is your deep core. Mm -hmm. And the back of the can is your back and your glutes. And so- If you think about it, especially if you have an imbalance in any of those areas, think of that as like a slit to the can. That whole system oozes out and that's just going to leave you very unstable and very weak from, think of your body as like a tree. That's your trunk. So in order to have strong branches, strong arms, strong legs, you got to have that strong trunk to move from that power from. There you go. See, I I am learning something every day. And this, of course, is one of those opportunities, but I've never thought about that, that space and place. Core, yes. Pelvic floor, never, never crossed my mind as a, as a man person. 
So tell us, I, I, I'm going to set you up here a little bit because I know this, it's, it's, uh, it's something you want to talk about, but do a spe- is there a difference in men and women in, in the breathing and do women struggle more or men struggle more? And are there things that biologically happen with women along the path of life that kind of affect their ability to, to do this effectively? Yes. Um, that is a good question. Um, so men and women, it's not always important to squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. So men and women can do Kegels. Um, that's called a pelvic floor contraction. And, you know, if you pick up any women's health magazine, that is probably one of the frontliners, like do your Kegels. But the catch is, is not everyone needs to do Kegels. So a lot of times if men or women, if you're having hip pain or low back pain um, or hip flexor restriction, a lot of running injuries, yes, they can be associated with that actual muscle. But if your pelvic floor is very tight and irritated, it is like another, it's like another muscle. So if you have a tight neck, you're going to be painful when you stretch. So if you have a tight pelvic floor, Those can restrict your mobility of your hip and your pelvis and your low back. And so it's not always important to just squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. You have to learn how to kind of let that pelvic floor go as well. So my catchphrase is, you know, strength is not the most important thing. We have to think about body awareness, how those muscles are firing and how those muscles are coordinated. And so in order to have an efficient movement pattern, they have to fire as a system, but they also have to learn how to let go. So you have to strengthen, but you also have to stretch. And so none of us think about that pelvic floor and letting go as well. Yes, I would have to say that is correct. (laughs) Yes. Tim, has that ever crossed your mind? I can honestly say it has never crossed mine. Well, the only time I've had experience with Kegel exercises is when Robin was pregnant. So um, it goes back to the Lamaze training of, uh, you know, the breathing and the Mm -hmm. the contracting and, you know, relaxation of those Mm -hmm. muscles. Um, But I've never cross pollinated that into running. It's always been about uh, the, the labor and delivery process. Mm -hmm. How's that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So. It's it, so it has therapy. crossed your mind. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It has crossed your mind, but it's been a minute, as they say. There you go. Yeah. Well, then, then let me ask you this as uh, a person that is uh, very knowledgeable of all of this. What is the one or heck, I'll even give you two or three things that uh, runner, walker, person in this world should be thinking about in order to incorporate this into their let's just say they're, they're strengthening training or just existing regimen? Uh, the power of the breath. Um, learning how to mm-hmm. breathe. Uh, if they, you know, I can send you guys a link. You guys can link it into like the- Oh, absolutely. The what, is said, what is said link? Um, I will, it, it's called a piston breath. Gotcha. Um, so just learning the piston breath, mm-hmm. um, 
And that's kind of that foundational stability of your, your core. Um, and then first and like, that was first, second, you have to focus on runners, walkers, a lot of cyclists, you have to focus on a lot of frontal plane movement. So running is so much front to back. So that's called flexion and extension. That's a lot Mm -hmm. of like hip flexor and glute. And so if you imagine, you know, your pelvis just going front to back, you've got to think of your pelvis as like a girdle. It wraps all the way around. And so if you never work on those outer hips and that rotational movement, Mm -hmm. the the joints are going to get loaded a lot. The purpose of muscle is to move your bone, right? And so if we have stronger muscles and more stability, our bones are going to last a little Mm -hmm. longer, right? If we work on, so that's called frontal plane. So that means like lateral walking, clamshell exercises. Um, we can link in some, some of my core four exercises as well. If, if Heck yeah. you guys are of interest. So 100%. yes, you send, send us those links and we'll make sure they're included in the, uh, the show notes there that are on the podcast page. So shameless for sure. plug for the shameless plug for those links. And we'll make sure that they're on the, uh, the podcast intro page for this episode. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. Very cool. We're going to give you a chance here. What is the one thing that you see over and over again in your practice that you wish you could tell everyone? You got a minute to fill us in on the, the big secret that, that you know that we need to know. Clock's running, Carrie. All right. I stumped her. (laughs) Yes, I know. This is a lot. Um, So, I mean, there's never TMI in in my clinic room. So Melissa can understand. But, you know, when you, next time you go to the restroom, prop your feet on a stool and try practicing your belly breath. It is crazy how much just bowel and bladder routine can train that pelvic floor awareness. And then that will lead into pelvic floor awareness when you are moving and when you're breathing, when you're strengthening. So that's where you can start. You know, a lot of us or, you know, they say men read their men's health magazines on the toilet. So now you have some some pelvic floor education to practice. (laughs) So it's the one time you, you, (laughs) yep, that's the thing. It's just learn the one thing I see so much that I like to change right away is breath, breath patterns, teaching people how to breathe the right way. There you go. Piston breath. Excellent. Yeah. There you go. Very excited. Piston breath, focus on frontal plane movement and pelvic floor awareness Tim, your library is going to get stocked up real fast, friend. Uh, I just added to my reading collection. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Carrie, it has been an, it has been an, it has been an educational treat to have you on the Running Around Charlotte podcast. Well, thank you for allowing me to be here, and don't be shy about talking about the pelvic floor. You know, people talk about going to PT for their shoulder and their knee you know, it's okay. It's your pelvis. It's part of your body. So yeah. thank you guys yeah. for helping build that awareness. 
thank you, Carrie, and uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right. See you running around. The Running Around Charlotte podcast is presented by the Novon Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Registration and more information is available at runcharlotte.com. The Running Around Charlotte podcast is brought to you by Pinnacle Financial Partners and produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. New episodes are available every week anywhere you listen to podcasts.